You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, and welcome back to The Worship Review, your favorite place for Christian music text reviews. My name's Tyler. I am a linguist. I'm a former worship leader and... Uh, I am joined by the one, the only, the guy not concerned with a legacy, the guy not scared to say it, Colin. I thought you were going to say the guy not concerned with his looks. <laughs> the guy, yeah, totally out of touch with his appearance, um, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Colin, and I'm ugly. Good to be with you, Tyler. It's good to be with you too, and uh, I consider this a uh, a good deed. Spending time with. Thanks, I appreciate your charity. Thank you. I draw attention to my good deeds. Uh, me stay humble, and today we're looking at a song by Mandisha called "Unfinished." Colin, are you familiar with the life and work of Mandisha? Only a little bit. I was surprised to learn that she was an American Idol contestant. I didn't know this. She didn't win, but she made it past. I mean, there are lots of American Idol contestants that are, are embarrassing, but she wasn't one of those. She actually has talent. And in fact, won a Grammy for the album Overcomer, which this song appears on. So that's pretty impressive. Are there other things about her life that we should know, Tyler? No, I was going to mention Overcomer and American Idol. So Overcomer is really, really hot on the radio right now. It's very, very popular. And I, there's even a movie with that same title, Overcomer, about a young girl who runs and runs well. I think my church had a uh, viewing of this movie. Regarding the movie, let me just, no one asked for my movie opinions, but let me just tell you, if you want a family-friendly Christian movie, then that is that. Um, but <laughs> it's... It's a little, yeah. I, I, I won't give my opinions on movies. So this is a this is a music show. So anyway, yeah. Overcomer is a movie. I think you and, just did, Tyler. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I I will say no more. We'll say no more. Um, I just I'm gonna offend someone. Um, it's amazing to see the opinion literally trying to crawl out of your skin like an <laughs> alien. I mean, they, you know, the listeners are just getting audio, but I'm, I'm sorry. seeing you. And it, it's incredible. You can't imagine the pained expression on my face. So, yeah, Overcomer's a movie, but it's also a song uh, by the woman who wrote and performed this song. And yeah. Colin, what is this song, Unfinished? What is All it about? about? Yeah. What is it? Okay, that was an unfinished <laughs> sentence there. So, <laughs> I, is it is this, is this like um, release your inhibitions, feel the rain on your skin, the rest is still unwritten? Is it like that kind of unfinished or or what? No, it's slightly more uh, more biblical than that. So this song, I think, clearly has its refrain: the idea that God has begun good work in us in the Christian. So he will be faithful to complete it. And I actually watched an interview with Mandisha about the song, and she talks about Philippians 1 6 a bunch in that interview. And that was kind of a refrain. 
that helped her at a time when she was really questioning God's goodness because she had, it sounds to me like she had had a kind of simple or, and again, I don't want to, this is not meant to malign her, but I, it's from the interview, it sounded like she would kind of say something like this, maybe a bit less of a deep faith. I don't want to say superficial, but it sounds like she just kind of expected that if she prayed about something, if she asked God for something, it would happen. And so there was a friend of hers that had cancer and they just prayed, believing that God would heal this cancer. It was just without question. And the friend died. And this just pummeled her faith. Why does God allow bad things like this to happen? And this was bothering her. And it sounds like it bothered her for a long time, like years. And, uh, you know, bothered her that she was dealing with some of the same sins over and over and over again and feeling guilt over those things. And then Philippians 1.6 was really something that ministered to her and spoke to her and helped her to, to get past some of those doubts and to see that what's really happening, of course, is that God is, God's work is ongoing and he will bring things to completion for those who are in Christ Jesus. But of course, in, in, in at any moment in time, it might seem like it's not working out, but her, her argument in the song is, well, that's because it's not finished yet. I'm glad you did that digging. That makes a lot of sense because as I was looking at the lyrics, uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And my mind went to something similar to what you're describing. I said, I wrote, some people teach and some people believe that conversion to Christianity means sudden sanctification and the resolution of all issues, all struggles, all strife. Yeah, you never sin again. Exactly. And real Christianity is more like Pilgrim's Progress than suddenly becoming enlightened and having all of your problems solved. Yeah. Um, But I wasn't sure if it was about sanctification or if it was about suffering. Um, I think it's about both. You mentioned Philippians 1, 6 a couple of times. I'll just read it for listeners. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, can we jump into the lyrics? Not scared to say I used to be the one Preaching it to you That you could overcome I still believe it But it ain't easy not scared to say it, I used to be the one preaching it to you, that you could overcome. I still believe it, but it ain't easy, because that world I painted where things just all work out, it started changing, and I started having doubts, and it got me so down. I think this is a healthy point of self-reflection. So we often ask at the beginning of songs, what's the problem? Because at the beginning of songs, Christian songs like this is often where the problem is laid out. So what is it? She's talking a little bit, it's not quite hypocrisy, but she's talking about naivete maybe. You know, she's 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 telling people it's going to be a certain way and it's going to be easy. And then she herself um, goes through some problems. Now, we have the interview to fill it in, but if we didn't have the interview, I will say it would be a little difficult to figure out exactly what the problem is, just that something is hard. 
um, and that the world is maybe more complicated in some way and that circumstances and situations somehow change. We don't we don't really get much more than that, although we do get the idea of doubts. So there is the idea of doubt. That's something kind of tangible to hang to hang the problem of the song on the idea of doubts. So it's possible to overcome. She she actually I really like that she says she still believes that we can overcome or that somebody can overcome something like doubt, but she just recognizes that it's very, very hard. And I think that's a very healthy, healthy attitude to have. And I, I think it takes honesty to admit, Hey, the, the, the story that I sold you was true, but it was oversimplistic. Like this, this Christian life is very complicated. And uh, to hear that she had a friend die from cancer after intercession with God to spare her friend, and then wrote a song that's this uplifting and this hopeful, uh, I think it, it takes a lot of strength to do that. Yeah. Um, started having doubts. I wondered uh, doubts about what? Because when I hear doubts, I think of intellectual doubts, but it sounds like she was having um, intellectual, but maybe also kind of ethical doubts that God... Yeah who is good could have uh, permitted such suffering. And I think that's a different kind of category of doubt than, yep. you know, how is it possible that one could uh, exist from oneself in the way that God does and not be caused or created? This is just different. So, um, uh, Can I say, by the way, I, I find this a bit of this uh, verse, uh, and I'll say the song generally, a little bit of a breath of fresh air in the sense that at the time that we're recording this podcast, it's been hip for a few years to so-called deconstruct your faith. And one of the things that seems to happen often with people that claim that they're doing this is they act as though some simple question like, why do bad things happen, um, is some profound thing that no Christian has ever figured out how to wrestle with. And the moment they encounter this, they're like, whoa. I've got to rethink everything about what it means to be a Christian. And I don't know whether she's taking this on on purpose or not, but I do. I just like the line in there, I still believe it. Mm. So she's, she's saying this is hard, and there are some trite things that I've said, but when I've pressed in, even to the doubts, I still believe this. So even though this verse is almost all articulating problems, she's she's not going to go the route of the kind of deconstructionist. It seems like, yeah. And she's I I, I mentioned before it's it's uh, it takes honesty to share uh, that you were perhaps too simplistic before. But what another thing about this is it's not honesty um, that another thing that is common in kind of deconstructionist circles is like you praise honesty for the sake of honesty. Like, yeah, you're preaching your truth, you're speaking yeah. your truth, but this is like, this is honesty with a point. It's honesty with, a um, with it's a still, uh, extant belief system at the end of it. Another, I mean, a synonym for deconstruction could easily be demolition, and yeah. uh, I know or apostasy. Yeah, or simple apostasy. And I know the deconstructionists um, will specify. No, it's it's about um, 
taking something that was constructed or erected and, uh, you know, peering under the floorboards and pulling back things that were built. And so you're not left with nothing, but you're left with something different in its place. But in the, in the case of Christianity, um, if you remove even one fundamental pillar of the Christian faith, you're not dealing with the Christian faith anymore. And so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to reconcile that. So, um, I hope I haven't angered too many deconstructionists. If you have a uh, hate mail or just comments or things that could help me understand your perspective, send it to our feedback at the worship email. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is good. You know, Sufjan Stevens also wrote a song about a good friend of his dying from cancer and it is not nearly, and it is not nearly as uplifting as this song is. Which uh, one was that? It's called Casimir Pulaski Day. And uh How does it go? It's Golden Rod and the Forage. Oh Day. yeah, yeah. The it's a great I song. Brought you yeah. and I found out you and so cancer he's wrestling of the cancer of the bone. He's wrestling with kind of similar things, but then if I recall correctly, let me just pull up the the chorus to that song, if I may. All the glory when he took our place But he took my shoulders and he shook my face And he takes and he takes and he takes Okay, so he, look, here's the last line of that song. All right. All the glory when he took our place But he took my shoulders and he shook my face And he takes and he takes Wow. And so it's like, it starts out and you're like, yeah he, you know, Jesus suffered so much for me. Um, these sufferings, though they're awful now, I know that um, suffering will be relieved and even being given a purpose. And then it, it resolves in kind of depressing uh, reflection on him taking and uh, not the Lord giveth, but he takes. And this song, by contrast, to bring it back to Unfinished by Mandisha, um, really is a hopeful song all that to go to say yeah no i admit like uh, i like sufjan stevens a little bit more in theory than in practice um there are just yes yeah, a little bit of the high school instrument thing sometimes is still a little too much <laughs> yeah yeah but um but he's an amazing songwriter i mean amazing and beautiful music anyway all right um I love that whole Illinois album. Oh yeah, and a song about Chicago. Like you, you know, it's it's amazing when a song can, from the sound and the lyrics, but really more the sound can bring in you a feeling like you're in a place. And so when he's like, "I drove to New York in a van with my friends," the music sounds like you're in a van with your friends and you're all going to New York, and it's so exciting. And like you don't care that you're going to sleep in a van; you care that you're with your buddies and you're all headed east. I drove to New York in a van with my friend. We slept in parking lots. I don't mind. I don't mind. Just that that song does it for me. Yeah, that's like a top 10 album for me, that Chicago. I mean, I, I enjoyed most of his albums apart from Age of Ads, but... Okay, well, I don't even know where we were. Well, Colin, we were picking ourselves up by our... Bootstraps. But I picked myself back up and I started telling me, no, my God's not done. Making me a masterpiece. He's still working 
But I picked myself back up and I started telling me, no, my God's not done. Making me a masterpiece. He's still working on me. Yeah, I have, uh, I'm not going to start with yeah. I'm, I have mixed feelings about this set of lines. I, I obviously recoil at the language of, I picked myself back up. I started telling me. I mean, these are... Uh, I don't want to read too much into it, so I guess I won't. Just, I don't know. For a song that's a lot, that, that has so much to say about God's work, I didn't quite understand this part. It's true that, you know, we can get back on our feet and we do pick ourselves up in a sense. Like there, it's not as if we do nothing, but at the same time, the way that sanctification works too is God gives us the ability to do these things. And she does reference that too. So, I mean, I don't know if she's trying to be profound maybe and hit both the, our responsibility and God's sovereignty. Cause she does say, my God's not done making me a masterpiece. He's still working on me. So I don't know. I have I mean it's not like you you can't have a song that's got verbs where the first person singular is doing them. I don't want to merely object to it on those grounds. But like you, I mean you alluded to the idea of picking us up by our bootstraps. I mean this I maybe I, maybe it's my culture, maybe it's being an American, maybe it's living in a more individualistic culture. I just it just kind of brushes me the wrong way. Maybe I'm overdoing that. Tyler, do you have thoughts? No, I think I would share these concerns. It is true. uh, When we fall, we do have to pick ourselves back up. Um, And I think she fell into doubts. And often when you're in doubts, um, you have to be the one who is, you know, going to go to your pastor, theology books for the answers to these doubts. And so it's clear here, um, she needed to be reminded of the truth of the gospel and of the truth that God has uh, not completed her sanctification and is still making her perfect. I think that's what she means by a masterpiece, like an individual still, but a, a yeah. completed, perfected thing. And so um, it's clear from that that God is the one who is working in her. Um, and yet she doesn't deny that she did have to pick herself up. It just, I, it just does, it, it leaves open the idea that we are ultimately the ones responsible for picking ourselves up, telling ourselves the right thing. Um, and I think another concern I would have about this, this verse is he, it, it describes God making me a masterpiece. So that's how I knew that or that's how I intuited or inferred that this was about sanctification. Um, But I would love to know why am I being made into a masterpiece? Because I think there's a lot of, there's a, there's a very large uh, element of American Christian culture, which just kind of is is about the individual kind of uh, achieving who they were made to be. And um, I mean, even overcomer feels this way to some degree. You're an overcomer got to fight. And so it's, it's like, why am I being made a masterpiece? When I think of that, I think 
I'm being made a masterpiece to glorify the master painter, right? I'm being made a masterpiece to give glory to God and, and not merely to um, become awesome. And I don't think she's <laughs> saying that she's, be, you know, becoming a masterpiece to become awesome, yeah. but there's not, there's not a fine point on it. It's just kind of no. there. So it, it, it is, And I think that interpretation is possible, right? She doesn't use precise enough language to close off a kind of erroneous view. I, I think there are good views. There are good interpretations that are out there too, but it would be nice if she would use some language that just restricted it a bit more. I mean, you could say, but God picked me back up, you know, or God picked up the pieces or something, and God started telling me, you know, or his word tells me that he's not done. I mean, there just could be little things that you could do that might narrow things a bit in a more unambiguous direction. I do like the I, I, so I, I will say I share some of your concerns about the masterpiece being a masterpiece for its own sake. Uh, it is nice to see a consistent metaphor. She mentions earlier about painting her own picture. So like the world she painted where things just work out, well that that wasn't good, but God is making her into a masterpiece. So you got the painting idea consistent that I'll just say stylistically that's kind of nice not every worship artist seems capable of using metaphor yeah that's true yeah and he's still working on me so he's still working on this podcast um shall we go to the next slides we shall yeah he started something good He started something good, and I'm going to believe it. He started something good, and he's going to complete it. So I'll celebrate the truth. His work in me ain't through. I'm just unfinished. I'm just unfinished. So we have very clearly Philippians 1.6, yeah, which you already read. God is doing the work here. And I'll say I appreciate this after the last verse. So this does kind of clarify some of that. He started something good, and I'm going to believe it. And I think that is a much better and much more biblical way of describing what happened. God begins the work we believe, and God completes it. And so she just she nails all that right here. And um, the truth is, she says that his work in her isn't through. She's unfinished. Um, and she'll, yeah, celebrate that. So, you know. That's that seems reasonable to me. I wonder now if if these are also things that she needed to tell herself when she said I started telling me my God's not done. And then and then Could we be. have this course. He started something good and I'm gonna believe it. It's almost like um she has to tell herself, you know, I, I command you believe it, uh, because you know, maybe yeah. she lacks the will norm. Maybe she looks at at suffering and feels like I can't I can't do this, but she has to kind of order herself to believe it. Um, I also like uh, that she didn't say he started something good and I'm going to complete it, right? She says he's going to complete it. Um, so I think you're right. This is this is biblical and uh, honest. And these gunas describing the future 
feel like uh, they might be imperatives. I don't know if they are uh, or if they're merely just descriptions of the future, but um, I'm going to believe it. It's like, I don't know if you, you've ever felt this way, but when you're doing something really hard uh, and you're almost at the end, you're just, you have to tell yourself, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this to where it feels more like an imperative. And I wonder if that's what the believe is. Yeah. And she acknowledges that uh, the unfinished nature, uh, that her unfinished nature is the truth. She is um, unfinished. And yet his work is not yet through. And that is, it's not yet finished, the work that he's done. Um, so yeah, it's good. And it's good to call that truth because it is true. I know his history and the kind of God he is. He might make it a mystery, but he's proving I can trust in him. And yeah, I believe it. Okay, so again, this here is unsatisfying. So there's a reference that there is something more. There's some something about God that tells her that, that gives her reason to believe in the midst of doubt. Something about God's history and something about his character. Um, and it's mysterious. What is it? Is it a story in the Old Testament? Is it something that Christ does in the New Testament? Is it the gospel? Is it, what is it? We don't know. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a mystery. She could just tell us. And I think she's trying to say, okay, well, it's mysterious, but well, no, it's it's not really. I mean, there, there's a lot in scripture that you could point to and anchor this idea as to why uh, we can believe God and why God's character is good. So, I mean, these are two these are two big things that people doubt when they see something bad happen. Is uh, is God? You know, has God actually shown that he's capable of doing good things? Like, is he powerful enough? Or is he actually well-motivated? Maybe he's powerful enough, but he's not well-motivated. And she says, no, his character's good. And there are things that we see in history that tell us that God can do this. But she just doesn't tell us what they are, which Hmm. I'd kind of like to know. So we can trust God, she says. She believes it, but what is it? What is he doing? What yeah. has he done? Yeah, you want the specifics there. Yeah, um, something. I will say, I don't think this this verse uh, bothered me as much. Uh, yes, it's true. The when she says, "I know his history and the kind of God he is," it'd be great to know some of that history and what kind of God he is. Um, but it is nice to me, I that she is. Um, she is founding her trust and her belief and her faith on his character. Uh, he's proving I can trust in him. And then, yeah, we don't know exactly what the history is, but maybe she's talking about delivering Israel from Egypt. Maybe he's talk- she's talking about um, knocking down the walls of Jericho. Maybe she's talking about... Um, yeah, uh, there are any th- number of things. I, you can't really speculate about what they are, 
Um, but I do like that she is founding her trust in him on things that are uh, observable about him, if that makes sense. Well, and again, we well we 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 presume that. Well, I guess history, yeah, history does pr- 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 uh, assume something that God has done in kind of the objective world. That's better than her saying leaving it open to some kind of subjective thing. So I, I suppose that's that's better than what it could be. Yeah, I just would like a lot more there, at least something, yeah. not just to help us pick between good options, but I do think there are potentially bad unbiblical ways that a you know that a person could see this you know again that god has attributes doesn't tell us which attributes that god has history doesn't tell us which history you know yeah oh really god really helped me realize again i use this all the time but like god really helped me realize that i need to leave my spouse you know god really helped me realize that i needed to go get that abortion and you know I'm not saying that, again, these are extreme examples. I'm not saying that these are necessarily the ones that a bunch of people are going to go to when they sing this song or listen to this song. Right. But the song needs to do, I think, a clearer job of delineating a bit more as to, at least what are the boundaries? What are the boundaries of what this song means by history? And what are the boundaries of what we're saying about God's character? There are a lot of false ideas about God's history and character that we don't want, that that won't help. That's true. That's true. With respect to this mystery word, I wondered if it's not that he's making it a mystery um, that he's going to uh, bring this good work to completion or anything like that, but rather when you're in the middle of suffering, the purpose of it seems like a mystery to you at the time. It's not clear what why is this happening right in her case why did my friend have to die of cancer it may still be a mystery to her she may still not understand why that happened um and maybe that's why she uses the word mystery there um just acknowledging that it's disorienting and confusing but god is proving that i can trust in him again i i think i would I would like it to be he has proven rather than he is proving um, to where sure. it's not like he's he has to, you know, I don't know, pass a trial of uh, skill to show me that. But, yeah, it seems OK. And, yeah, I believe it. Right. And she just it's almost like, yeah, credo. Right. I believe <laughs> <laughs> it is true. So Still working. Still, still working on me. He's still working. Still, still working on me. Colin, what's going on here? I don't have much to say. God is working. It's good that he is, and it's biblical that he is. How and why is he still working? I don't think we... We we don't know how he's working. We don't know why he's working. And those would be nice things to at least have some idea about. Have the song have a bit more meaning and value. Yeah. So Colin, uh, do you have any concluding remarks about this song? Yeah. Um, I'll say the song reminds me a lot of uh, wrestling with the kind of topics that are in Harold Kushner's When Bad Things Happen to Good People, which is 
quite famous book that was written in 1981, New York Times bestseller. And uh, the idea in that book is, well, we have to deal with the fact that suffering happens. Why is there evil? And the, the, the argument is, well, God is good, but he's not actually powerful enough to stop evil things. So he's just kind of trying as hard as he can, but he, he can't stop evil. And that is a tremendously disappointing answer. And I appreciate that this song, even if it doesn't delineate the amount of detail that would give the song, as I said, more value to the Christian in particular, it does at least articulate the idea that God, God's work at any given time may seem strange or unclear, but if you trust him and if you believe in him, it is possible to overcome those doubts. It doesn't mean that you get all the answers. It doesn't mean that your problems go away. But that faith can be a great source of comfort in the midst of trial, including tremendous trial, like she has described in that interview. Uh, suffering, death, routine sin. I mean, God's, uh, you know, faith and trust in God goes a long way to provide deep joy, in, even in the midst of those things. And, and so, so that, that is a great sentiment. I just think the song doesn't spell that out very well. Yeah. I personally, I like that this song is really emphasizing God's role in sanctifying us pretty strongly. This would be a very, very different song if it was like, um, there's a lot of work to be done and I got to get to work or I got to start doing this. I got to start doing that. Uh, This is really about uh, praising him for, uh, his promises to complete it. And yeah, there's some vagueness, but yeah, praising him for his demonstrated character in his history. And, uh, there's a, there's so much hope in this song. I'm looking forward to the completion, the finishing of this work. So I think there's a lot that's good here. And, uh, it is, it is vague in places for sure. Um, but it's very different than a song that says something like, I don't know, you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought yeah, heaven down. Sure. It's like that is a that's like a very different category of song where it's like you've yeah. made up a fake theology here uh, that needs to be rejected outright. Not uh, you've not filled in the blanks where you could have. So, Colin, what'd you give this song? Yeah, so this is one of these songs where our rating system was a challenge to me because first of all, we don't have like a middle. We have you have to pick. You, you can't. Uh, there's no like B minus or whatever. <laughs> you you kind of have to fall. You have to fall on either like does this cross? Does this pass the bar on? Does it not? And you know, if this song is on the radio, it's one thing. I think if it's sung in a church, it's another thing. Um, I'm gonna maybe maybe it's uh the lovely meal that I had today i don't know but i'm gonna err on the side of the three so i'm I'm gonna give it a three star uh casio woos 
And the Casio Woo is the Casio keyboards that were made in the 80s and 90s, the cheap ones. They had this uh, sound effect in their little drum kit of sound effects. And it was like, woo, 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 like that. And you'd press the button, you go, woo. And that make, makes my dog bark, I guess. Um, and uh, and she's got she's got those woos in the song. Like they're these little woos. And I don't think they're quite the Casio woo, but they reminded me quite a bit of that. Interesting. Is the vocal woos? Yeah. Let's see if I can find some. I hear it. Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> there were these. Um, yeah, I remember I had a keyboard. Um, this is this is going to sound ridiculous, but I went to a music and arts camp, and we got to play on these keyboards. And they had a, you know, they had a piano setting, an organ setting, a harpsichord setting, and they had sound effect setting. And I went there, um, and you could make all these. You could make woo. You could make various vocal uh, expressions, but in different tones right so that like you could have a woo that fit in the key of c but also a very similar woo that would fit in the key of d that must have been a casio yep i think so tyler what'd you write the song yeah i am gonna give it a three as well three out of five acoustic sessions because there's a really good acoustic session of this song and her voice is magnificent in this yeah so Listeners, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, if we have encouraged you or inspired your thinking or uh, enraged you. you, please let us know. Don't be angry and do not sin. Instead, contact us, right? Yes, and, and send us money and contact us and let us know what you think. We love hearing from listeners and uh, we'd appreciate it if you would share this podcast episode with a friend who you know also likes this song. And so then uh, you guys can have a conversation about the song just like this one and maybe better. So with that said, thank you very much and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at anchor.fm slash theworshipreview and patreon.com slash theworshipreview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.